Hello and welcome to Wheel Life Problems, a disabled podcast for the disabled by the disabled. I'm Ricky, and with me, as always, is John. Hello there. And Bill. What and up? Together, we are Wheel Life Problems. So, welcome back to another episode. Finally, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yes, it's been it's been a little while since we've done it. So, uh, Bill, you want to explain? What's going on here? Why, uh, why we have a new member and what is going on? Well, sorry that we left left you with a bit of a cliffhanger, like the end of The Sopranos. Well, it wasn't quite that bad, but um. Anyway, they were near that bad. It wasn't near that bad. I think that you know I didn't hear any critics say anything about it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyways, the reason why we uh, decided to do that is uh, um, things have just gotten increasingly busy for uh for james and we wanted to find another person to kind of uh that can see from the perspective ironically i'm using the word see um <laughs> see the give us the perspective of uh from the uh vision impairment vision impaired. side side things i said that completely uh wonky oh uh, you butchered it i butchered it i ruined totally. it totally it's all um, good though but anyways i feel like we wanted to kind of have that uh that sort of, uh, you know, uh, thoughts on things or just to get that perspective is what the word is up that I'm looking for. And um, actually, John was kind of one of the people that like kind of came to me. It was kind of saying like, hey, you know, maybe you should, you know, mix another, per- you know, get another person in that ha- does have vision, um, you know, does have a vision impairment to kind of get that angle on things because he was telling me that he actually enjoyed that part of the show. He felt like it added a little bit of a different, different perspective. And I mean, it definitely does. So, I mean, I wanted to do that anyways, but I mean, you know, I was, then I was, then I talked to him and he was like, yeah, I can do this. And here we are. Indeed. (laughs) So John, I have a question for you. What is the nature of your blindness, visual impairment? Uh, it is a condition known as optic nerve hypoplasia. Essentially, when I was born, the nerve that connects the eye to the brain did not fully develop. So I can't see nearly as well. It's like trying to drain the the water from a swimming pool using a straw. There's just too mm. much information and not all of it can get to my to my brain so that I can, well, process what is being sent. I see. So uh, this may sound ignorant to me, but like just about how much can you see? Like, can you see detail? Can you see color? Can you see like, can you read like font off of something that's really close or like, uh, I don't know, help me help me understand exactly where you're at vision wise. So the way the way uh, I describe it to people is that if you can see it from the distance of a football field away, I've got to be about 20 feet to register that it exists. And even then, I can't see it in detail. But up close, I can see well enough that if I zoom in, I can read fairly fairly well on font. Uh, I use a combination of screen reader and magnification on my PC so that I can see and hear text. So how does that affect you really in your daily life? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... Essentially, I require any sort of documents or paperwork to be digital in order for me to read them. Uh, Pen and paper does not work well for me. I have issues whenever it comes to having to sign 
like finding the line of course I have to have somebody help me with that also because of my vision I never really learned and mastered cursive so my signature is print which huh. some people don't like <laughs> like that that's kind of I mean not the fact that you didn't learn cursive because I mean uh that's not really a skill we need to like go on through life but the fact that you write it in print is kind of obscure and a little hilarious in some weird sort of way. Yeah. But so, I mean, uh, you don't, you don't require like a cane, like finding cane or, um, any of that when walking around. I have one that I use when I go into unfamiliar environments or on longer trips, mostly to let people know, Hey, low vision person coming through. But it's not something that I absolutely 100% For me, personally, it's more of like a 75% security sort of thing. I gotcha. can manage without it, and I did for the longest time because I had lost my previous one and just never bought a new one. But when I went to TwitchCon this past year, it was like, it's time. I got to buy a new cane. So I did. And now I have one again. Gotcha. So do your eyes look any different for to, like, say, if me and Bill were looking at your face, could we tell that you have a visual impairment just by looking at your eyes, or is it all, like, internal? If you can follow my eyes around in the weird patterns, no. They're always moving, constantly trying to gain focus on whatever's in front of me. I can't, I have no control over them. I can't, say, stare at something with the direct intent that this is the direction these eyes are pointing in and they're not moving. Gotcha. Cause I'm trying, I'm trying to draw a picture of your face right now. Cause for those that don't know, we're all in our own separate rooms right now, completely away from each other. You, you said you're, uh, where are you located again? Again, I'm down in Texas. Yeah. In Texas and Bill and I are in Virginia in separate rooms. And so, Although we podcast together, we have no idea, no idea what each other look like face to face. So that's why I, I'm curious. So if I were to look at your face and look at your eyes, your eyes would be shaking for lack of a better term then. Yeah. Think more constantly moving, not really shaking, but just rolling around, like, sort of doing their own thing. Okay. Like almost like, like, like you said, scanning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And is this something that's going to ever like get worse over time? Like, do you, are you expected to like go blind at a certain after certain years or is this going to kind of just be how your vision's going to be for the rest of your life? Or is it you have no answer for that? You don't know. If I go blind later in life, it will be for a different reason, not because of the birth condition, thankfully. Hmm. Gotcha. Alrighty. Well, on that note, welcome to Wheel Life Problems, John, our newest member. Indeed, thank you. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, as you were saying, we're uh, we're relaunching this podcast. So, and you're saying we're trying trying to be a little more organized, a new direction. Do you want to expand upon that? Yeah. So. As before, I, I feel like when we first started the podcast, things were things did go off very well, but I think that um, eventually it kind of became that it just wasn't, you know, we didn't really know where episodes were going and where things were, you know, and, and there was even some episodes where it just ended up being a long 
kind of drawn out conversation about one particular topic. And I just think that that is, uh, that's just, I feel like we could do better than that. We could do an actual show for you, you know, and I'm not saying that we weren't doing a show before, but I feel like with the new direction that we're going, I feel like it's, um, it's a lot better structure because we actually have everything broken down into segments. And I think that's going to ultimately lead to just a better experience for everybody because then we can kind of, you know, move, move to a few different things, you know, and I guess the biggest thing, you know, obviously we're going to have a topic of the day. The topic of the day happens to be what I'm talking about right now. Um, ourselves indeed so i don't know i i wasn't <laughs> intending on getting so meta here uh but uh anyway oh, you're so egotistical always thinking of yourself bill <laughs> anyway so we have the topic of the day uh in this case the revamped episode uh and then the next segment is going to be accessible gaming which i'm actually i'm i'm in the communities for that also john is as well um he's going to be kind of the go-to guy for that because a lot of times he seems to be a lot more with it than even i am and i'm pretty into this i, I i'm pretty you know aware of these things but i figure john's going to kind of take the reins on that for the most part um then we're also going to have real world real real world accessibility i can't talk right real world accessibility which is basically going to be us bringing a different story of how people are living their lives or contributing in some way to accessibility as a whole or just you know their everyday lives and i think that's like a big thing that we're kind of trying to focus on with the revamp thing is that less about gaming and more broad more about just living with disabilities like how people are actually living with them not just the fact that oh this person has it but more about like hey this is you know, this is how people live with this, or, you know, this is how this person lives. Um, you know, and that's that's a big thing that I'm hoping that we're able to do with this. And then, obviously, uh, we're always going to have a real-life question, which is going to be a tweet that I will make um, probably within some time before the next episode, and we'll basically read your different comments and uh, answers to... to uh, to that tweet and uh so that's pretty much in a nutshell what to look forward to so well i'm looking forward to it how about you guys at home they can't answer <laughs> you're of shaking your not. head <laughs> yeah we know i yeah. asked them but... i see the yeah, nods so exactly. even though i'm blind don't worry you're good <laughs> or, or, or they're honking their horns you know or um, whatever, yeah, whatever it is that you you like to do, squeaking your clown nose—I don't know. Honk <laughs> twice for accessibility. Yes. Yeah. We'll just say you did it. There. Unless you're <laughs> blind and driving, then don't. Or, you shouldn't be honking and driving at all. Exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Using my electric wheelchair for its uh, intended know. purpose. There we go. Yeah, you know, beeping on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's just going to be ultimately just structure is good. Structure is good sometimes. Right. And, you know, what you said, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to, I was trying to add there and then I realized I had nothing to add and you said everything already. And then I was just like, Oh, look at me. 
That's yep. where yeah, we're at. Yeah, and um, the way that we're kind of doing the schedule, um, this is a different time. I don't know if we're going to be sticking with this time. It just happened to be for this week because, uh, yeah, I got this whole situation <laughs> with my car where I got to get this new Easy Lock system, which is a locking system for the car if you want to drive from your wheelchair. I could do a whole thing on, on car accessibility. That could be a whole episode. Um, now, now we should. <laughs> they don't. They, the audience at home doesn't know when we record. They just know when we release the episode. Right, exactly. That's true. So maybe I should be talking about that part more so because who cares when we record? It has to do with the finished product, which the finished product um, for this week will be out on Wednesday because that's I feel like that's a sufficient amount of time to edit the uh, episode to uh, make sure that we're continuing with this uh, sort of uh restructuring there's probably some pissed off viewer at home like those assholes are recording on thursday this doesn't work for me (laughs) (laughs) probably wouldn't doubt it and to whoever you are deal with it (laughs) yeah and and i mean they're not really changing the way we're doing things you're going to get an episode i guess well how many i guess you'd get two episodes a month basically right yeah, that's. It sounds like a good a uh, good amount of episodes for me. I mean, I'd be happy yeah. with two episodes a month if I were listening to us right now. Oh. I'd be like, yeah, that's fine yeah. and dandy. Because basically, the way that we usually work it is, we have our planning, which was going to be the next next Friday. Then the Friday after that, we actually record, and you get your episode on Wednesday. So there you go. All right, so you heard it here, folks. We got a new direction, a new goal, a new plan. Stick with us, and you'll see what we're going to come up with, and then you'll be happy to have it. All right, moving on to our next mm-hmm. segment. Uh, John, you are, uh, as you, as Bill said, uh, coming up with a our gaming segment. Care to fill us in? What's going on? Indeed. So um, last week... There was a massive thing that went down. Actually, Ooh, yeah. massive, you say? Yes. What went down? Yes, there That's was... what she said. Wait, uh, what? 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 Um, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there was the Global Game Jam that happened last weekend. And for the uninformed, what is the Global Game Jam? It is a one-weekend-long expedition where independent developers have three days to pound out a small game as quickly and efficiently as possible. Wait, how long do they have? About three days, the entire weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This would not normally be news notable. However, this year, the team behind the Game Jam actually had some accessibility challenges that teams could meet. And what were some of those challenges? Uh, one was entitled Nothing For Us Without Us, and this particular challenge had developers use the hashtag GGJAccess on Twitter to ask people with disabilities how they can go about making their games accessible. And what was the response like? It was pretty hype. There was a bunch of uh, mostly accessibility advocates, but oftentimes regular players of these games that would chime in and go, yo, that works for me. They would share like little art palettes, sample screenshots, and 
I asked how the visual accessibility looked and asked about control methods and stuff like that. And a lot of good information was passed on to these small indie teams through this, this initiative. Hmm. That's interesting. And what kind of things were developed? Uh, mostly point and click style games. There were, were maybe one or two good action titles, hmm. but it was it mostly seemed to be point and clicks that were reaching out. Nice. Yeah, sort of small little mini adventures. I feel like a point and click would probably be the easiest thing to program as a as opposed to having to program an entire button map for a controller. So that makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, it does make sense to me as well. So what else can you tell us about this this jam? Uh, one other challenge that was really interesting is, I don't remember the name of this one, but it's essentially to create a game that is fully playable by someone who is blind or has limited vision. Oh, and what'd they come up with? I have not actually had the chance to look through the submissions, but if you do a quick Google search for Game Jam 2020, it'll they'll pop right up. We'll be able to see everything that was developed and play around with them. So the challenge was for a game for the blind people, and then mm-hmm. the list. Okay, I got it mixed up in my head as if some as only one developer made a game for blind people. No, it, there was okay. it was a challenge that you could only incorporate one. into your game. Like if you took that particular challenge when making a game, you'd have to follow that. There, there was a bunch of different challenges that you could constrain yourself to. So, being a visually impaired gamer, what are some things you look for in like a game like that? I look for outstanding sound design. Like, I want to be able to hear things clearly. Like, if there's an enemy coming from the right side of the screen, not only do I want to see that with what vision I have left, but I also want to hear that. I want to have that stereo sound panning telling me, hey, threat to the right, or letting me know that there's a power-up to my left with a hum or or some sort of constant sound that clues me into that power-up being there. Hmm. I imagine that would be extremely important. Sound design is the most important. As far as visually, include a vision aspect when it comes to games like this, or no? Uh, It actually depends. Most audio games, which are games designed entirely for the blind, do not include any visual aspects whatsoever. It's entirely sound-based. And one, one thing I would love to see is an audio game team... Uh, like strong team that makes good audio games combine their forces with uh, a publisher or an independent developer that does good visual games and create a game that can be enjoyed by everyone, both blind and sighted together. That's more complicated than just dice or cards. Right. I'm sure that's a goal that everyone would love to see done, but it sounds like very challenging. Not saying that it shouldn't be done because it's challenging, but it sounds like a very challenging type of uh, goal to meet. Definitely. Indeed. But it can be done, apparently. Yeah, it can totally be done. I don't think they have fully scored them and and picked a winner just yet. But when they do, I'll definitely find out and bring it back for next week. Yes, keep us updated on that. Uh, I have nothing (laughs) else to add to it unless... Bill or John, anything you else want to throw down for this game jam? Nope. No, I just I think it's a, I think it's a good thing that they're that you know um, it seems like there's a wider wider scope on things to where um, the fact that it's ac- there's actually um, the thought of throwing that into the competition accessible accessibility 
challenges, I feel like that's huge. That's a really huge thing because it's just showing further to me that they are thinking about this. Developers are not completely heartless. Some of them actually are trying to make strides in that in, in some way. So that's, that's good. It's good to know. Thinking about inclusion in all aspects, which right. is very important. So no, it's, I think it's great that they added a, added a challenge for the blind without even, you know, having to think about it, I guess was what I'm trying to get at. Um, right. Yeah. Indeed. Well, Moving on to our next segment, real-world accessibility. Bill, would you like to take it from here? <laughs> uh, we're talking about Team Gleason. And uh, first off, to give you guys a little bit of a background about what that is, Steve Gleason played for the New New Orleans Saints. He played from 2000 to 2008. And he was um, – what he's best known for is like when the Superdome reopened – he, uh, I think he was the first kicker or something like that, or to punt the ball. He's the first punter. Um, and then he was diagnosed in 2011 with ALS, which um, if you guys are unaware of what ALS is, it's a neuro neuromuscular disease that basically um, your muscles uh, deteriorate. I think maybe nerves too. I'm not sure on that. I could be wrong about that part. I think it's neurological. Yeah, it's neurological. So I guess, I don't know. We might be wrong about that part, but I know that... It affects your mobility, um, such as the ability to breathe, ability to swallow, ability to lift your arms, and many other aspects of life, um, which I can somewhat relate to because I do have a neuromuscular disease as well. It's not quite as severe as ALS can be. Granted, there have been people that have lived very long. Stephen Hawking's had, had um, ALS, didn't he? Um, that's a good question. I think he might have, but... Um, I'm not positive on that either. But anyways, that's the point that I'm trying to get at is that basically after being uh, diagnosed, um, it's considered a terminal disease, termin terminal neuromuscular disease. Um, and I guess the biggest thing is, is that I guess what inspired him to create what has become Team Gleason is basically he realized that there, you know, there should be a way to provide some independence to people suffering from ALS and other neuromuscular diseases. And so basically the whole idea came about, I guess the big, the big thing that they did was the Gleason act, which was, um, let's see, the act was signed in, uh, July 31st of, of 2015. And what, what's so big about this is it, uh, it's to provide, um, if you're under Medicare, it's basically to provide access to eye tracking accessories and speech generating devices. And uh, they were able to achieve that. And I think it's I think it's pretty awesome that they were able to do that. But also they continue their mission through um, assistive technology. Like that's a big thing that he tried to put together. He put together a team of some very smart, smart people to... Um, figure that out. Here's a statement from what they were saying on their site. Team Gleason is committed to providing for providing for and finding solutions for those living with ALS and other related neuromuscular diseases. Our focus is on those with ALS and also those who care for them. Team Gleason's small staff and volunteers work tirelessly every day to empower those living with ALS to live with continued purpose and as productively and independently as possible. Some other points, they help provide individuals with neuromuscular, neuromuscular diseases 
on with cutting edge technology and equipment and services. They also did they also did like a summit. I think they've done some summits and stuff. I was seeing something about how and uh I think that was back in 2016 they did something like that. But yeah, I just think it was really cool how you know someone that was once, you know, didn't have this problem was able bodied has now not only not only were they successful at being a sports star at one point now even with having a disability, they've been able to, you know, just do these things and continue to help people. And I think that's just, uh, to me, it was just something that showed how, um, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's an awesome thing because it's also helped with the awareness of ALS, which I know more and more people, most people I think are aware of it, but I think it's just cool that he didn't allow a disability to stop him from, um, achieving something else. Well, if I'm not um, mistaken, I think he he's the one that started the ALS water bucket challenge, right? I think he may have. I think he was also the guy who did that. Um, have, have, you, have you seen the the Netflix documentary that he's a part of? It's a it's a series about um, different disabilities and stuff. But I can't. I think it's Unbroken or. Um, uh, well, there's a recent film that they showed here. They talked about here called Gleason. I had that's nah, I have not seen that one. I just saw the one that was part of the Netflix series where they go into him talking about it, and I think that's where they mentioned uh, that he, him and his family started the ALS Water Bucket Challenge. Yeah, so he also did a thing on H HBO Real Sports. Um, he did that. Um, he was also a, uh, a keynote speaker for Microsoft, the United Nations sponsored social innovation summits. I guess he did year in, I guess that was 2014. And it looks like, I guess that movie won a, um, this movie won an award, it looks like, because they, they showed it at Sundance Film Festival. And that was in uh, 2000, that was in 2016 that they did that. I think he also, when I, from what I was reading, there he won a, um, yeah, he got what they call the Congressional congressional Gold Medal. Oh, I didn't, didn't know that. I guess it's just a civilian award? I guess. Yeah. It's something I haven't heard of before either. The highest, one of the highest honors that you could get. And I think it has, it it basically had to do with his, uh, what he's contributed to, um, to ALS and just, you know, furthering, uh, you know, improving people's lives and such and just through his organization. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool thing that he did. How long ago was he di diagnosed or started feeling the effects of ALS? It was, um, I believe it was back in, I think I was reading here back in 2014, I thought. Let me make sure that I was right about that because. What team did he play for? Uh, the was, Saints. What, yeah, okay. When he was a part of the NFL. 2011 was when he was diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. I think I had said that earlier. Yeah, we said that earlier when we first started talking about it. It's just, I, it just slipped my mind. But yeah, that, that happened in 2011. So I think that's pretty cool that it seems like, you know, he didn't really slow down all that much because, I mean, you know, by 2014, he was already doing that keynote speaking. And then, you know, then he's already, you know, helping pass an act in 2015 and then it has a revision three years later. So, I mean, you know, he was definitely working right after, you know, it's gotta be part of that football football mentality of like needing to accomplish something, you know, like, yeah, football, yeah that, that drive. I mean, that's why foot football players are famous or famous football players are famous is because they have that drive that like pushes them to like succeed and succeed and be better and better. 
Yeah, but yeah. Case, yeah. Football, but he. But that's true of any sport, though. I mean, yeah. could, you could, you probably could relate to that, um, Ricky, in some level, because I know that you, you know, you, you used to be like, you know, you, you know, not to bring back the past, but I know that you were really into, to biking and stuff, and I know you're really good at it. So I know that was like you had that mentality. I think right. So I don't think I don't think you have that stopping mentality because. Ever since I've known you, like I know that just because one thing happens, you you didn't stop. Like you just kept. Now you're doing other stuff. You know, you're going to school and stuff, and you're kicking ass in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like all that transcends. I feel like even the sports that I was able to do, like I used to be able to play baseball, can't do that anymore because it's not available. It's not something I can do. But I did get something from it. I did. I think I got that drive. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but I felt like maybe you could. Because oh, I can. Absolutely, yeah. And I feel like that, I don't know, I just think that it might just be that that helped make it so, not so devastating because I think everybody that goes through something like this, there was a period for me when I lost my ability to walk that it was hard for me to accept. But I got to the point where I was like, you can continue moping or you can get going and actually, you know, give something back or do something with your life, not just be upset about it, like actually do something, you know? Right. So I don't know. It just gave me a lot of inspiration. I know I'm going on a, I'm going on and on, but it's just, I don't know. I just felt like it was very inspirational and just kind of, kind of shows me that just because it just kind of gives me that little reminder that like, Hey, you know, don't try to use this as an excuse, you know? Yeah. It's shows that, you know, like, some things aren't possible anymore, but there still are a lot that are possible. Right. It doesn't mean that the that all dreams are gone. You know, <laughs> like, and th- I think that's that's the biggest thing that I wanted to drive home about this is that you know, don't give up. I guess. <laughs> and if you do, get back up and don't give up. I don't know. <laughs> or keep wheeling in in our case, I guess. Right. Or yeah. um. Whatever you want to, I don't know. I was trying to think of another pun to not leave John left out here. Ah, it's all good. There really isn't one. Yeah, it didn't work in that that instance. (laughs) But anyways. Keep keep your eye on the prize. There we go. That works. (laughs) Score. We had to get one. Yeah, we got one. We found it. Oh yeah, so that's what I got. I don't know if you guys had anything else that uh you know, that you found that was like, "Oh, hey, that's that's cool." Uh, uh I no. Um you said John, you had something you wanted that you had to add to the real world accessibility, right? Indeed, actually. And uh oh, Okay. Not to uh, toot my own horn or massive self-promotion here or anything, but... Nope. Toot away. Toot it as much as you can. Okay, so I started a thread earlier this week around late Sunday night, early Monday morning about knowing where I want to go. I want to get into Mm -hmm. accessibility consultation for game developers and helping them make their games more accessible to more people. So I posted a tweet about it and asked for input, and oh boy, did I get that input. What kind of input did you get there, John? So 
uh, it turns out uh, there was a long nine tweet thread from awesome individual Cherry Ray and a couple of tweets from a couple of other awesome individuals that basically boiled down to it. If you want to get into that field, it depends on what your level of skill is and how far you want to go, what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. There's no clear cut path to get into the field, unfortunately. As of right now. That may change in the future as people in the industry keep opening doors for others. But Mm -hmm. as of right now, it's just a matter of reaching out, helping where you can, accepting uh, free work here and there. Like, hey, I'll take a free key and and write an accessibility review for you. Or, hey, uh, let me help you. I already bought the game. I'm not expecting anything in return. I just want to make it playable by more people and... Stuff like that. It's all about outreach, sort of getting to know the developers that you want to work with and making your points as nicely as possible. But you also have to understand on the opposite end, not every piece of feedback you give can be taken into consideration because the development process, especially with how late some of these games are into development, yeah. So are these the steps that you've taken, or are they some of the steps that uh, people on the thread suggested? Uh, it's stuff that people on the thread have suggested, and stuff that, ironically enough, I've already been starting to do a little bit. Which are? So if I find a game that I want to play, or that I've purchased, for example, and mm-hmm. I see some areas that can be improved on accessibility-wise, I'll go hit up the, the game's official forums or the official Discord server, or whatever, and I'll start putting in suggestions as a player, as, you know, as anybody, any other player would, <laughs> and explain my suggestions in the terms of how they would benefit other people with a similar challenge to my own. And what usually comes of that? Do you, does, has the developer ever reached out to you, or Not- anything like that? Not as of yet, but um, a recent success story that I have, I can't necessarily attribute this to myself alone, but Mm -hmm. uh, middle of 2018, Elite Dangerous finally gave new commanders, uh, which is their term for the players, access to a docking computer in any small ship they buy. So whenever you start the game up for the first time, you will have a docking computer. They added that as part of their new player experience in the middle of 2018. And late 2017 to early 2018, I was pushing for that hardcore in the forums. It did see some traction as well as some opposition. I, So, like I said, I can't be the main catalyst for it, but I can at least say that I helped to make it happen. That's awesome. How does that make you feel? Honestly, pretty accomplished. So even even though it happened and you kind of fought for that, say no one ever gives you any type of credit or anything, you still feel like that accomplishment is there. Yes, it still means something to me because now more people can enjoy a game that they would not have been able to otherwise enjoy. Yeah, under, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's a great answer. And I mean, it's a great thing to do is, you know, keep pushing for more accessibility. So uh, what else, what were some other responses that, were in that thread that were that surprised you or 
um, you kind of took into your own playbook, I admit, for lack of a better term. Uh, the main one that surprised me the most is a couple of people, uh, Mr. Ian Hamilton, another wonderful accessibility consultant. He stated that most of his work comes from people reaching out to him, not him reaching out. It, it, it comes from a position where they have a problem and they need it solved or want it solved and don't know who else to turn to. So they come to him and he ends so up just be finding the solution to that problem. So yeah, be helpful. I even have an experience with this too, uh, John, because I mean, the fact of like, you know, there's been, there's been keys that I've been able to give the community because basically a lot of times I'll, if I see a game that I like and I want to try to support one of the ways that we do that, um, I guess in our, because John and I are an accessible, accessible community together, the accessible streamers community. If you guys haven't checked that out, it's an awesome place. Uh, but anyways, basically through being in that community, we have been able to get access to to games in some cases, uh, not just from myself, but from other people. And, uh, you know, kind of come from an angle of just saying, hey, we want to test this. And just, you know, don't be afraid to throw it out there, I guess is one of the things that I've always found, you know, is that just try to go for it. See what happens. Mm -hmm. You never know. The worst that can happen yeah. is they say no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what are your future plans for helping accomplish that goal for game consulting? Well, Accessibility consulting. I'm still going to keep reaching out on the casual levels that I have been doing. I'm going to ramp that process up a little bit, though, and start looking more into games that are in early access and, and games that are in their alpha or beta periods of development and start working with them on that particular level. Even though I'll come across as just another user with just another set of comments, the fact is mm -hmm. I have this disability and not every one of those other users has it. So they don't know what to look for. They don't know how to best accommodate so i can come in and take their suggestions use them as ideas and catalysts to bring in things that will help from an accessibility standpoint yeah that's awesome sort of join forces with as many people as possible to to do this because i've always stated that quality of life for one person might be an accessibility feature for another and i think that's a great quote for people to keep in mind if any of those developers were listening right now for some odd reason, what would you say? Uh, come find me. Listen to what I say. That's all I want. I don't expect payment. I just want to be heard, and I want to help you make your game better. And if they do happen to pay you, that wouldn't be too bad of a stipulation. No, I wouldn't turn it down, of course. Money is money. Everybody <laughs> needs it. Yeah. It's no, just would... not why I do what I do. Right. No, I mean, that's that's great. Yeah. You're looking out for the others, and by looking out for others, you look out for yourself too, which is a great way to, you know, help the community. Absolutely. Well, okay then. Moving on, Bill. Do you want to get to our tweet of the day? Yeah. Um. This one is kind of a longer one, but that's okay. That's fine. We like being able to have things to read. All right. Let's see here. Just logging into the Twitter. I know. I know. You're like you asshole. Why don't you have it up? What's wrong with you? Unprepared professional. Together. I'm a professional. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> word, I am a word for word, I was thinking exactly that. I just, I don't know how you how you pulled well, that off. Okay, so it looks like 
Blind <laughs> Ryan was the one that participated. You hear that, guys? We need more participation. I know, we'll we've, we've been gone for a long time. We've been gone for a long time. So, you, you know, I know you got to get all those fuck yous out of your system first. Yep. And then you'll help us. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, of course. So, so Blind Ryan, um, the question that we had, well, this is the tweet that I, I wrote. The revamp of the podcast in the works, the first recording session for this year next week because it was a week ago i have a question for you guys we all we will be reading answers on the podcast which we're doing now uh what does accessibility mean to you all right and then let's see so we had blind ryan respond um he did write quite a bit so we got a lot to work with so he's gone from the games angle accessibility in games is like this there's a mountain to ski down. This thing's massive. It'd be it'd be damn near impossible for any any able-bodied to do it, let alone one of us. All I ask for for is the means to get to the peak of the mountain so I can try to make it down. I don't want obstacles removed from the mountain. In fact, I would be insulted were that were that to happen. I I want to sink I want to sink or swim on my own merits. I just want the same chance to try as anyone else. Now your mileage may vary. I play roguelikes and other supremely difficult games. My mountains are the most dangerous to continue the metaphor. Most people tend towards softer slopes with fewer hazards. That's fine too. Lots of mountains for lots of folks. The important thing is to give us the means to go down those mountains, but not remove obstacles. To remove the metaphor entirely, I ask for UI scaling, fonts, subtitles, control options, and so on so that I can play the game. I don't expect to beat the game. I want the same challenge as anyone. I just want the tools available to get me to the same starting block as anyone. Um, wow, that's that's quite a bit, but I mean, I think that I think we can tie that to life as well because I think, you know, I think the biggest thing I took from that is the fact that he doesn't want to be treated differently, but he wants to be able to have a fair playing ground. And I think that's something that, I have always been fighting for in accessibility is that let's make the playing ground fair and let's make it so that people that everybody's got a shot at living the best best life they can or in this case uh, playing games in the way that they want to play games but yet still get to enjoy being challenged and I think that's I think that's important um I just think it's important no yeah that's a great point about access I mean there's not much I can even add to that he pretty su he summed it up pretty perfectly yeah, that metaphor was great. I mean, that's it, it it's really a great, great metaphor. And I mean, Blind Ryan, I've spoken to him. He's a he's a he's kind of a tell it the way it is sort of guy. He doesn't bullshit. He just gets straight to the point. And uh, that's what I've always enjoyed about um, his comments and uh, talking with him is that he's very straight to the point. But I think that that whole part that he really said about how getting on the same, um, I just want the tools available to get me to this. The same starting block as anyone. So, you know, that's, you know, fair play, playground for everybody. And I think the biggest thing that I always have started to drive home is the fact that I feel like accessibility should be thought of not just, oh, we have to add this feature, but just access to everyone. Just include everyone. Don't just include everyone. Cover every, every base. And I think if you, as long as you do that, I think, you know, I don't think you're going to have any issues. I mean, what do you, what did you guys get from that? Basically, I mean, you could, you guys are summing it up pretty well. I mean, he summed it really well. It's just, you know, everyone just wants the equal opportunity to achieve a goal, but sometimes some people just need a little bit, not like an advantage, 
but a way to achieve that goal that doesn't impede everyone else around them and make like belittle everyone around them, but still give them the chance to do so or not to disadvantage everyone else by yeah. giving you an advantage is what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. That makes sense. I get what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's hard to reinvent the wheel when he already said it so eloquently, you know, yep. it's it, like, it, God it, damn, dude, I, I can't top what he said. I just, I just right. try and say it worse. <laughs> Ironically, it goes back to something I said in a long tweet storm earlier this year when, uh, the whole conversation about difficulty and accessibility reared its ugly head once again at the beginning of January. Sometimes, as a gamer, it's good to get smacked around a little bit. But we need the tools to make it fair so that we don't feel like it's the game's fault or like it's the fault of the developers for our own failures. Don't remove the barrier or like don't remove those challenges. We need to get smacked around. We need to be taught a lesson. But how are we going to learn that lesson if it's not easy to learn or taught in a way that we can learn it? That's uh, I like that as well, too. You, you guys are very good at p- pointing out what accessibility is. As a- it's like monster attack comes in. I can't see it. I know I should dodge it, but how do I know when I should dodge? I can't see, so I get smacked. If I can hear sound cues, I know exactly when to dodge. I know what I'm supposed to do. If I don't so, know, then I'll learn by getting smacked around a little bit. <laughs> so if I'm understanding you correctly, the message you're giving the people today is go and smack around some disabled people. No, not necessarily. <laughs> it's just an analogy for gaming. <laughs> Find your local disabled guy or girl and give him a nice little smack around the smack and then just you know say that's for the benefit of you (laughs) (laughs) but no they'll appreciate it in the long run (laughs) ultimately that tweet does say it all it's we're just ordinary people we just happen to live with an extra challenge in life or two or three depending on who you are right exactly and i think on that note that's a beautiful place to wrap things up uh, unless you guys have any final thoughts you want to add to add to our episode, I think that that was pretty good. I mean, I think I think we got an episode, guys. I think I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to do more. Wrap it and send it. All right. Well, as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of We Life Problems. You can follow me at the Rickles. Uh, you can follow John at John. Say your handle because I don't that know it. Be glitched vision. You can follow John at Glitched Vision, and you can follow Bill at Wheel uh, Wheelchair Gamer. Yeah, Wheelchair Gamer. E E is spelled with a three, so yeah. <laughs> you can find us there. All right, guys. Just remember, thank you for joining, and remember, keep it wheel and don't lose sight of the future. Don't lose sight of the future. There we go. In 2020. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one. See ya.